You're listening to Snooze Live, podcasting from the outdoor and fitness industry's news leader. Wake up to real news. This edition is brought to you by the North Face. Never stop exploring. This is James Mills. Ultra distance runner Dean Carnassus wants to inspire America to get out and get some exercise. So to prove the point, in 2006, he traveled to each of the 50 states over 50 consecutive days and ran 50 marathons. It was called the Endurance 50, and the journey spanned over 1,300 miles. More than 1,000 people from around the country came out to run with Carnassus. Thousands more followed his progress online or came out to cheer as he came through their communities. While the story in itself is amazing, what was truly remarkable was the impact this feat had on those who watched and participated. Snooze Live connected with Carnassus and a few of the people whose lives he touched, as well as those who impressed him. Dean, welcome to Snooze Live. Thanks for having me on. I gotta tell you, it's quite an accomplishment, 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states. Now, first of all, I'm interested in getting an idea as to what prompted you to take on this particular challenge. <laughs> Well, the honest truth is that it was a family vacation idea. Uh, that I, that I like to say, run amok. But it, literally, I had I'd always dreamed of um, putting my kids in a motorhome and, and touring this great country, you know, when they got old enough to, to really appreciate it. So I thought, you know, while I'm out there, I'll probably go stir-crazy in this RV, so I should take my shoes and maybe, you know, run a race here or there. And it just kind of, you know, over five years progressed into – well, we should do the whole country, and well, you know, there are um, there is now a marathon in, in every state, and might as well hit them all. And and they only had 50 days off school, so that's how the whole, the genesis of how it was born. Wow. Now, along the way, you had the opportunity to meet a lot of different people across the country. Many people signed on to your blog and made entries. They came out and ran with you and met you personally. Can you give me an idea of what it meant to you to have such a profound impact on so many runners across the country? Well, you know, I started thinking about it beforehand, and I was very concerned. It was probably the biggest concern on my mind is how am I going to run with all these other people? Um, being a runner, I very much enjoy solitude. I've got to be honest. Part of the reason I run is to you know just be by myself for a while, just kind of clear my head, and I thought you know how how is it going to be running with other people the whole time, and what I found is that I really enjoyed the experience. Um, you know I had so many people come up to me and say that I inspired them. Well, you know hearing some of the stories from the others uh, was a tremendous source of inspiration to me. I mean there were people that have overcome tremendous loss. There were cancer survivors. There were people that have overcome alcoholism, weight problems, drug addiction, and they're out there running. Um, sometimes it was their first marathon, and they chose to run their first marathon with me, which to me is just a, a great honor. So over the 50 days, I met thousands of remarkable people, and, and they inspired me every day. Uh, I, I got to the point where I just looked forward to, to running a marathon. The pain was, was you know, secondary because the stories and the people I met were just incredible. My name is Christopher Cummings. I'm 27 years old, and I'm from Billings, Montana. Uh, actually, that was my first marathon to run with Dean. So it, it put me in a, in a state of mind that you know I need to to get ready because I hadn't I had never run that in a, a complete marathon. It was an amazing experience in the fact that I got to run alongside someone that I had so much appreciation for and respect for. So you know. It was, uh, to me, it was a chance of a lifetime. 
Now, you started out in St. Charles, Missouri, the Lewis and Clark Marathon and Half Marathon, and there you spoke to a nonprofit home for girls dealing with a lot of life-controlling issues, such as depression, drug abuse, eating disorders. What was that experience like when you addressed those people who came out to express their appreciation to you for having inspired them through your running? Well, it, you know, it, it, it's never um, ceased to amaze me the way actually my book has touched people because I, I wrote a book, and it's really a, it's a memoir, but it's kind of about my extreme departure from, um, you know, mainstream way of life and kind of pursuing my passion, that being running. And the director there had read my book, and she said, you know, I think this message is universal. It extends beyond running, and I think our girls could really learn something from this. My name is Thayla Hirsch. I am 27 years old. I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm the Director of Community Relations for Mercy Ministries in St. Louis. Mercy is definitely a place of hope. That would be a word that when you walk through the front doors of any Mercy Ministries home, it's something you would just feel. And Dean walked in just kind of glowing, I'm sure, just with, uh, with all the energy of looking forward to the next day of starting the race. And he uh, got very open with the girls and with the participants on the marathon team sharing out of some of the hurt and pain he'd experienced the loss, I believe, of his sister. And through that and, you know, a number of other circumstances, it fueled his passion to begin to run. And he kind of talked about the cause and the passion of that running and, and equivalated it to, to a lot of times, I think, the pain that a lot of the young women are going through and that there is hope and that there is purpose in that. And I feel that that is what many of the girls walked away with. They were so absolutely blown away by his story and could relate to, I think, a lot of the pain of loss, but seeing out of the tragedy that hope can arise. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. I mean, I'm not trained. I'm not a counselor. I'm, I'm not trained on how to, to help people with issues. So I thought, you know, I'll just tell my story. And I just got in front of him and said, okay, I, you know, I can't, I can't give you advice, guidance. What I'm going to do is just kind of tell you how I live my life, how I change things, and how it made me happier. And I just laid it on the line. I said, you know, until I decided to make the commitment to do that which I really love, which is, is running, I wasn't that happy. I, you know, put business first, I put a lot of other things first, and I finally just said, I love to run more than anything, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make a career out of this, and that brought me more happiness and more fulfillment than anything in my life, and I just said, I encourage you, whatever your interest might be, even if it's basket weaving, I mean, be the best darn basket weaver there is, and, you know, if you enjoy it and you love it, throw your heart into it, and it will be rewarding, and that's just kind of the message I delivered, and <laughs> the response was overwhelming. You know, one of the things that I, I find most amazing about this whole story and the conversation regarding the event, there's very little cynicism in the conversations that I'm hearing from people. And what I mean by that is there's not a lot of people saying, well, it's just his thing. He's a professional runner. This is what he does. You know, it, it seems to me that you managed to, to break through a lot of boundaries, like you said, you can be good at whatever it is that you want to do. And it, it sounds to me like, like people are really gravitating towards that message. Well, I think, you know, people are smart. You can't fool people. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm the first to learn that lesson. I mean, um, you know, people can see through disguises and they can see through falsities. And, it's, you know, me, I'm just, I'm just what I am. I've never professed to be the best runner. You know, I've been lucky and I've run a, you know, I've, I've run a lot of races. I've won a couple of them. 
but there are certainly guys out there that are more competitive than I am that have better winning uh, records for ultra marathoning. Uh, but I think people can relate to me because I'm just an average guy. I mean, I, I like to say I'm uh, extraordinarily average. I'm not bestowed with any special gifts. I'm not even really a, a good runner. I mean, my aptitude for running, if you look at me, you know, you say, gee, he's, he's kind of bulky and he's kind of short. He doesn't look like a runner. And, you know, I've kind of made a go of it. And I think people can, they, they can seek inspiration in that because a, a lot of times you look at someone like Lance Armstrong and you think, oh, you know, he's got an ungodly large heart and his VO2 max is off the charts and, you know, he's a professional cyclist. He's got all these things going for him. I could never get there. And they look at me and they say, well, look, you know, Dean was a corporate guy. You know, he spent years in corporate America. He's a family man. He's, you know, a husband. Uh, he's just like me. And look what he's doing. And I think people found inspiration in that. And they cast aside cynicism and said, this is just a really great thing. It's just pure positive energy, and I want to be part of it. And I think it was collectively all of the people that made this event what it was. Now, was there anybody in particular that you came across that you found especially inspiring to you? <laughs> I, I, could, I mean, I literally could, could fill this conversation for the next two days. Um, you know, the, some, of the, some of the standouts, I would say, is um, there was one um, young lady that I ran with in um, South Dakota on the Mickelson Trail, and um, she was 53 years old, and she was kind of reserved at first. It was, the, it was the only marathon where there was just one other runner. Most of the marathons had 20, 30, sometimes 50 runners with me. And eventually we started talking, and I started, you know, prying more information out of her, well, I come to learn that this was her 50th marathon. So she was 53 years old. This was her 50th marathon since turning 50, since surviving cancer. So this woman had a bout of cancer, a life-threatening bout. She survived cancer at age 50. She said, you know what? Not only did I lick cancer, I'm going to be a marathoner. And in three years' time, had run 50 marathons. And she just had the best attitude. She had a double mastectomy, and she just said, you know what, I don't need them anyway. They'll just slow me down. <laughs> so I'll never forget her. Wow, that's a remarkable. What about children? Were there any kids that you came across that you found especially in engaging or interesting to, to spend time with? Uh, that was one of the most uh, enjoyable elements for me is, is all the kids that uh, showed up and ran with me. Um, there were literally hundreds of schools across the country that were following the Endurance 50, and the teachers had built lesson plans in geography and in science and in history around the 50 Marathon. So they were literally every day following the 50 Marathon tour. And I invited kids to come out and run the last mile with me. And all across the country, that you know, we'd be at a marathon, all of a sudden the, you know, three or four buses would show up uh, with a bunch of kids that would run the last mile of the marathon with me. Uh, my name is Eric Baker. I am 35 years old. I live in Huntington, Indiana, and I am a special education teacher. So what we did is a number of the students, most of the students, struggle with the concept of subtracting with decimals. And so each day at the start of class, we would subtract 26.2 from the remaining number of miles that Dean had left to run. We followed it from day one through his last marathon uh, in New York City uh, in early November. And it was really neat because my students and I emailed Dean as he went throughout the country. And he responded to the emails uh, as he could. 
and it was just a real joy to watch. Uh, you know, it's not very often that, that special uh, needs kids in a school are, are envied for their for the connections that they have, and uh, the fact that my students had a, had a special connection and, and emailed me, it seemed to instill a, a sense of pride within a lot of them. Well, that's incredible. I, you know, I remember talking with Eric or exchanging messages with him, and I just think he's a very gracious man because he never told me. He said we were all following your event very closely. Thank you. But he never told me. He was actually um, building a, a math lesson plan around that. So I think that's terrific. Yeah, and he's a, a runner himself, and, and apparently you, know, you were a big inspiration to him. And, you know, going forward, um, it sounds to me like his kids who are dealing with a, a lot of different types of learning disabilities are really being able to, to, to take what you did and apply it to their own lives and apparently think that's a, that's a pretty great thing. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm just glad to play a small part in that. At the end of the day, is there any one thing that you want people to know or have be a take-home message for them with regard to this particular event and um, what it means to their lives? Well, yeah, I think that, you know, the message I want to share with people is that, look, you don't have to run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. I mean, to me, I did that because that is my way of testing my limit, and I wanted to issue a wake-up call to this country to really shake people up and say, hey, you know, we... We really need to collectively reclaim our health. We've really let things deteriorate, and let's turn this ship around. So you don't have to run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. You don't even have to run one marathon. Just run around the block or just walk around the block. Um, get up, get outside, and get active, and make physical activity a priority in your life, and you will be a much happier person because of it. Great. So what's next for you? What, what, what happens after you run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days? Where do you go from here? <laughs> oh, I'm steaming up another one. Yeah, I'm, see, I've got another big plan for uh, 2008, and um, I could tell you all about it, uh, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> well, Dean, thanks a lot for sharing your time with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Dean Carnassus won the 2007 ESPN ESPY Award for Best Outdoor Athlete. He was acknowledged for his accomplishments during the previous year, culminating with 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. He finished the New York City Marathon in 3 hours 30 seconds. The Endurance 50 will be the subject of a documentary film out in fall 2007. For Snooze Live, this is James Mills. Snooze Live is a production of Snooze Production Studios. Our theme music is provided by the band Hot Buttered Rum. This podcast was brought to you by the North Face Flight Series. Flight Series products feature ultra-light and technical apparel, footwear, and equipment specifically designed to help outdoor athletes go farther, faster. Learn more at www.thenorthface.com. To learn the benefits of advertising on Snooze Live or to share your questions, comments, or criticisms, write to us at snoozelive at snoozenet.com. Thanks for listening. And we hope to become one of your regular downloads. Until next time, take care.